Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did I get it? Hello, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today, we're going to be interviewing Rachel W. How are you doing today, Rachel? I'm good. I'm good. All right, glad to hear. So let's dive in and talk about growing up for you. Okay, well, um, I grew up with, well, I grew up in foster care from about the ages of six to 12. Uh, my mom, she's paranoid schizophrenic and she's a, a drug addict. She turned her life around when I was 12 about and got custody back of me. But, um, you know, I, I was pretty good kid up until, uh, you know, I started lashing out maybe around like 16 and, and I ran away from home and I started using drugs. Going and, back yeah. real quick, growing up yeah. in foster care from six to 12. How was that? Um, it, it was, I mean, I went to a couple foster homes and then my aunt had custody of me, but it was, it was hard because I'm an only child, you know, so I was real. And my mom, my dad wasn't in the picture, you know, so so it was rough being like away from her, you know, but, um, but, and then being with my aunt, my aunt, she's a, my family has a, a big history of mental health disorders. My mom is a paranoid schizophrenic and my aunt had a disassociative identity disorder, which is multiple personalities. And um, so even being with her, it was, it wasn't the, it wasn't like the best home, you know, and I was picked on a lot by my cousins. I had two cousins and, uh, It was, I don't know, the best thing my mom, when she got custody back of me, you know, it was wonderful. It was, it was very exciting for me, but, you know, she was a big hero of mine for a long time, but, you know, I, I blanked out. I'm missing like that whole six year gap. I only remember about two, three things. So obviously there must've been a lot of trauma, you know? Yeah. It's a shame when you can't remember your past. No, yeah, I'm missing a lot of it. I, I, it's like I put my memories in a hat, and some days I get so I can pull some out and remember some, but most of the time it's just it's kind of a big gap in there. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was life once your mom got you back? It was okay until I started, you know, like rebelling. I guess I felt like she was trying to overcompensate for the year she wasn't there. So of course I. I I took off and I ran away from home when I was about and dropped out of school when I was I think I was about 16 or 17. (laughs) Yeah and so um and then from there you know she um I I don't know I I we got in a big fight and I kind of just like cut her off and uh, my grandma died and um and she and we didn't talk for a few years and then when I um I reconnected with her because I got pregnant, right? With um, one of my, with like my, I have eight children, mind you. Eight children, wow. And I've lost six of them to the system. <laughs> and three of them live with their dad. Three of them were adopted, but I was pregnant with my second child, I think. And I went to move back home and I 
upon moving back home, I found that my mom had relapsed off of meth and there was, and I was trying to get off the needle. See, I moved away. I got, I started slamming methamphetamine. At what and, age? Um, about maybe 20, I'll say. So what, was, when you were younger, you, you would talk about being rebelling when you were around 16. What were you doing to rebel? Um, I was smoking pot and running away from home. I was doing uh, cough medicine pills, you know, and then uh, and then I quit that in about 18 or about 18 years old. I uh, went connected with a friend and moved down about 45 minutes away from my home and uh, started smoking meth. And uh, and um, as a matter of fact, my oldest child, uh, uh, my oldest child. Um, is a product of uh rape <laughs> yeah i was i was doing really bad i moved down to a big city got raped had him got sober and then what age was that 18 okay so this and is then, before the meth then no 18 well 18 is when i started meth um and I, I got to, and then i got sober again but i only did it like for about two months then i got sober had him stayed sober for about three months and then I started using again. Were you using while pregnant? No, I, I got sober for that pregnancy. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, and then I well, I had him. I got sober. Um, had him. I got pregnant again, and I tried to move back home. You know, because I was at that point, I was using inter intravenously, and I thought well, I could go home and just get clean, you know, because I had already had issues with CPS at that point with my oldest child, but I had an open case. And um, and then, well, when I moved back home, I found out that uh, my mom was using meth again. And there, she had a whole bunch of people living in our house that were all intravenous drug users. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it was it was difficult. So then my subsequent pregnancies most every one of them I was using I was using for those except for my last two <laughs> so I mean that's why I have a whole mess of um so where were you living the, like uh, like when you were around 20 years old where were you living were you still living with your mom or who were you living with no, I was living I was in and out of dope houses most of the time with my kid you know then I hooked up with my ex and uh stop and uh, and I moved in with him for a while, and then I tried to get clean. So I moved in with my mom, and when I moved in there, it 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 just didn't help me get clean. Obviously, she was getting high, and it was difficult for me to accept at first because that's my mom. But eventually, it came to the point where I was getting high with my mom, you know. <laughs> it's, Were you guys um, shooting up together? No, she didn't. She never shot up. Thank God. She's already schizophrenic. It was difficult enough having her smoke it, you know? <laughs> so during this entire time, did you ever have a job or anything like that? Um, no, no, -uh. I didn't. I didn't get a job at all until 2016, honestly. So how are you getting money for the drugs? Oh, oh, um, well, you know anything I had to do well it depends before when I wasn't in a relationship I was uh trading sex for drugs and when I was in a relationship we were just stealing things and selling them 
you know, there was a couple times like my ex kicked a door down to a house. We stole a TV. I mean, we were doing a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> it really, it really changes the type of, you know, drugs will really change the type of person you ever consider yourself to be. I never saw myself doing that ever in my life, you know, but I did. <laughs> How long were you doing that for? Um, yeah, I don't know. Years, years. Um, I did. I used meth um, consistently from about shortly, like maybe 18 years old to about when whatever 2016 is. So I'm 33 now. Uh, I don't know. A long time. Six. <laughs> So it's 27, yeah. probably, around, or probably right around 27. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like 11 years. Yeah. I used it consistently about a lot of that time I was, I was intravenously using it, but, and I just realized that it would, it made me really weird too, probably because I have a lot of mental health issues in my family. And so I stopped that on my own a while, you know, the IV using, but I went back to it, of course, you know. I don't know. It was rough. I, I mean, and I tried to get clean. And like I said, during this whole period of time, I had, a, I wound up having six children, uh, four of which I ha had taken. No, three of which I had taken from me straight from the hospital because I was high at the hospital when I had them. Actually, one of them I had at home to try to avoid CPS and, and they came and took him anyways. You had him at, how did you have him at home? I, I just, I had him at home on my by bed. Yourself? At home. <laughs> was it by yourself? Yeah. With my, with my, with my current husband. Now we, we, we met in active addiction and uh, we're both clean now. Thank God for that. Yeah. Oh, that's 11 years we've been together. So yeah, that's a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We so had one 11 years. So you met him when you were 22. You uh, said you're 33, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where yeah. did you guys meet? Um, at a drug dealer's house, of course. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'd seen him there, and uh, and I asked, and I was with the drug dealer, and I asked him, "Hey, who's that guy?" And he told me who he was, and I messaged him on Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, you're looking cute." He was like, "Thank you, you too." <laughs> and and we met up, and yeah, we've been together ever since. You know, we've had we had three of our children taken from the system. But now we have two more now that uh, we have custody of, and that took a lot of a lot of work, you know. Because in California, I don't know if you're familiar with the child custody laws in California, but uh, if you've had any child that you've had your rights terminated from, they can take any one of your kids. It doesn't matter if you're clean. I mean, I went to a program in 2016 to try to get my son Elias back, and they told me it didn't matter what I did. I, I mean, I was clean a year. I had an apartment and. Uh, I graduated my program and they said that that didn't matter that um, they were still going to adopt him out to the system, you know, adopt him to because his other brothers and sisters were in an adoptive home. And they, so they were putting him with them instead. They said that they think they would be better parents than us, even though I put in all the work I paid. I was going to drug court. I was I was paying for my program. I was working at Foster Farms. I had an apartment and none of that mattered to them. They still terminated my rights. So, um, that was, that was hard. And that's when I went to, and, and I managed to stay sober. 
uh, I managed to stay sober through that. And that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, I can only imagine. Yeah. You know that he didn't, of course, my husband and we, and because of that, like me, me and him almost uh, split up. He's only been clean about a year. You know, we managed to, he never brought it around me or nothing like that, but I, I, you know, I guess enough uh, trying for me and he finally did it, you know, <laughs> we had to, we moved though out of, out of California. So that's probably a big part of it. Well, they say people, places and things. So you, you think the fact that you're away from that, those people really helps you stay sober? Oh, a lot of it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that, and it's like, I got pregnant again. See, I have my last son, uh, Owen and, uh, I'm like, I had him and I, I had him in California, but I had him with a midwife because I was so terrified of uh, my name coming up in hospital. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then taking him, even though I was sober because I got sober in 2016 and um, I had a little brief, you know, relapse there, but it, it wasn't much, you know, I, I kind of got my shit together real quick, but it's just, I had him with a midwife because I was so terrified of um, them taking him in a hospital. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and, uh, and I told my husband, I'm like, no, we're, we're moving out of here. We are, we had already, we got evicted from our house and uh, because we were living on a, a property that the owner started selling, the owner sold, you know, while we were there. So we had to leave. And I told him, I'm just like, let's just go, you know, out of, uh, out of California. Let's just get out of here. You know, I, I don't want to be here no more. And uh, that really put the, you know, put the move on him. Like, and he, at that time I was already sober, you know, but he wasn't. And, uh, and we moved and it, and it helped, you know, and now he's, he has, he has no desire to do it. So thank God for that. You know, <laughs> he's, um, I, I did it with NA and I did a program. He's, he's done multiple programs, but he's also done multiple prison terms. And he said that, uh, it just took a while. He probably, I guess he just wants to be clean now. I don't know. What he ha- what he happened to go to jail for? Um, grand theft, most of it, and drug, and then multiple violations for drug charges. Yeah, he's he's done about six, seven violations, but his his terms, uh, he did a term in Solidad for grand theft. What's Solidad? It's a oh, it's a like a level three prison in California. So that's Where heavy duty, like maximum. I'm in New Jersey. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah, no, it's, um, it's not maximum. I mean, it's, he's got a hard, hard 19, which means he can only be like a level three, level five is max. But, uh, so it just means like he was in there with a bunch of lifers. So, but he's not a lifer, you know, (laughs) he just went back a lot. So it was all drug related. So he was stealing cars to make money for drugs. Well, yeah, stealing, uh, stealing. It wasn't cars. It was just grand theft, not grand theft auto. He was just stealing things to get money for drugs. And then, uh, I think the last charge, he got drunk and stole a bunch of stuff from a store and, uh, turned himself into the cops as a matter of fact, and did three years behind it. <laughs> why did he turn himself in? He was drunk. That's why. No. Yeah. Like he, he, like he was in jail. It's kind of a funny story. He was in jail and, uh, 
they told him, oh, we're we're trying to give you three years, you know, and he's like, tell him I don't want the deal. And his lawyer came and visited him in jail and said, you might want to take this deal. He said, why? He says, because I have your signed confession right here. He said, what? He said, yeah, look at it. He handed it to him. It was he wrote this letter. I'm sorry for stealing your stuff. I was just trying to go to jail. <laughs> and, and he said, you know what? I'll take that deal now. They said, no, they already pulled it. So, yeah, if they tried to give him like a year and a half and then they pulled the deal and ended up giving him three because of his letter, his confession. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The things we do, right? <laughs> things we do. <laughs> so what's going on nowadays with your life? You said you've been sober um, since 2016. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a brief respite there where I was drinking some alcohol. So I would like I consider my like completely clean date as april 10th of last year you know because yeah like because that's like my my clean and sober date you know so um so i've almost got a year there but um since we um i don't know so now it's we moved we did a lot of moving we when we left california we were traveling trying to figure out where we wanted to be we wound up um going through Colorado all the way to Missouri and my mom ended up moving out to Missouri and then we came back up to Idaho and realized that the housing prices are really expensive and now we're in um, a little town in uh, southeast Colorado and uh, in where my actually where my husband's ancestors are from and uh, we came to visit the cemetery and my husband got a job at a casino and now we have they gave us housing for with his job and the casino uh, gives you housing well it's uh it's like yeah we live in a uh, like a hotel room oh cool Mm -hmm. and uh it take they take it out of two checks so i mean and there's it's a town of about a thousand and fifty people and there's nine casinos so there's not a lot of housing here so that's i think that's why they offer it but we're actually um we've been saving money and we're thinking uh in June, we might actually be buying a mobile home in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean that's something I never, uh, never anticipated for my life. I never thought I would be able to ever own anything. You know. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, it, it's it's hard work. You know, I mean, I did my program. I I I did my meetings. I. I don't know. I, I always thought, oh, I always thought that I wasn't, that I'd never get anywhere. I mean, drugs and alcohol destroyed my credit. It ruined everything for me. But uh, we're actually, I mean, I'm probably going to get a job once I stop breastfeeding. And that's another thing, like breastfeeding. I've had, you know, eight children and I've never been able to breastfeed my kids because I've always been high, you know? But now I'm I'm doing it. I'm breastfeeding my daughter. She we have I have a great relationship. I get to talk to my my older three kids that live with their dad. It's something that sobriety has given me, you know. So. So, when it comes to the children, if I could ask, the how many of the same fathers are there? Mm, my oldest son is a product of rape. Then I have two of them with my ex the ones those three two live and then the rest oh and then my son jacob was so four four dads four dads mm-hmm. 
yeah, my son Jacob was a uh, my ex that got me strung out on the needle. That was his son, and uh, the rest are with my current husband. Yeah. So, are you happier now that you're sober? Yeah, I am. I really am. Um, it's it's I don't have to live in oh I don't have to live oh no I did I lose you no I'm oh, here okay um, you just turned off your video okay yeah there not you are. um I don't have to live in fear anymore when um I've, I've, all the time I was when I wasn't sober I was like I felt like I was afraid all the time I was afraid for my kids I was afraid for myself uh and and I'm happier now. I am happier because I don't, it's like, I look forward to, you know, I look forward to my sobriety anniversaries. It's nice. You know, I get to enjoy things now and I'm more present for my children, you know, um, like their dad, like when we were still in California and I was sober, their dad, my older three, their dad would let them come see me on weekends and, and we do things. I wasn't like, you know, worried about getting high while my kids were there, you know? We just, we go out and we do fun things. I take my kids to the zoo. I take, you know, I get to, um, and you know what? It saves me money and I don't gamble anymore either. <laughs> Did you have a gambling problem? Oh yeah, yeah, it can wait. I lived about two miles from a casino in California. So yeah, of course I gambled all the time. You can find drugs and money at whatever you want there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah, and so I save money, and we're actually, and the fact that um, that I'm going to be able to have something for my kids, you know, like a house. And I'm most I'm, I've moved from place to place. And there was a point in time um, when me and my husband were staying with our four-year-old son in somebody's shed, you know, in a shed. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. And um, I mean, if a hotel room doesn't seem like much right now, but it it's it's better than a shed and you know and mobile homes gonna be even better than that once we get it you know so yeah that yeah it's better i'm happy so i used to gamble a lot huh oh yeah my husband too now that he has a job there he won't you don't you don't do it so i'm about to say <laughs> if you're living at the hotel and he's got a job there that must be hard on you guys no not at all no, no we, that's good no you know what it is it's a we quit the mess and the game and all those other bad habits just kind of go with it you know it's uh it's kind of true i know what you're saying yeah you know like you know, i don't need that impulsive like the gambling like that it's it's another high so it's once we quit the meth it's like our money is and and my husband says is like as long as i'm working there every time i leave i leave with i leave with money you know so <laughs> So, yeah, and, and you just, and he says working there, you see so many people just throwing away so much money. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And we want to, and we have our kids now, you know, we want to have something for them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So sounds like you're happy now. We got a little baby sleeping. Look at that. Yeah. 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 My son, olive. my son is in school. That's something I never, I know I would have been, honestly, if I was still in California, I would have been, um, I wouldn't even know if I would have put him in school. I've been too terrified, you know, and that's, and that's terrible. That makes me a terrible, cho making terrible choices as a mother, but I was too scared of CPS. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
so I mean, but he's in school here and there's community help and, and I'm not afraid to tell people my story because it might help somebody, you know? Absolutely. A lot of these people that listen to the podcast message me or tell me that, you know, they relate to a lot of the stuff they hear makes them feel like they're not alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I never, but like I'm losing six children. I mean, I thought I, I thought I never, I never thought I would ever get clean. It's, it was, it's exhausting. It makes you feel like a piece of crap person. It makes you like, what kind of person loses their kids? You know, obviously you've got to be a terrible mother, you know? And that's what I've always thought about myself, that I'm just a terrible mother. But I mean, sobriety has shown me that I'm not a bad mom. And like, even I'm connecting with social workers down here at this community help place that, you know, are helping me get on like housing or get my GED, things like that. And they tell me all the time, like, you're such a good mom. And it's, it's something I never, ever thought I'd hear in my life, you know, and sobriety has given me that. And thank God for that, you know, because my kids deserve a good mom. You should be proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like you are. That's good. Yeah. That's quite the story you got there. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, it's it's turned around and that's that's good then, I guess. That's all that matters, right? Exactly. It's where we are today that matters, not where we were. Mm -hmm. So my last question is, do you have any advice for people that might be listening or watching right now? Mm. Um, I don't know. Just take that step, man. I mean, uh, can I say something else real yeah, fast? Of like, um, I just found out that my brother, he's 27 years old and he's in, he was rushed to the hospital yesterday because his oxygen stats were 62 because he's relapsed off heroin and he's uh, gotten in and he's got bad kidneys and he's in kidney failure and gotten an infection in its legs now, you know, and, uh, and he, and that's one of the hardest things is because he's such, he's so young, you know, and he doesn't, he just, he would rather die. He loves heroin so much. He would rather die than ever get off of it, you know, and, uh, and he thinks that nobody out there cares about him. So just, I mean, there's anybody just know that there is somebody out there that cares about you and um and you need to take that step you know because uh, you don't want to end up like that that's yeah, that's, that's terrible hard. that's a hard that's a hard situation a baby, you know and i've had three friends die from fentanyl overdoses and i just don't want to see that it's my only brother you know yeah fentanyl's everywhere they're putting it in everything it is man <laughs> And uh, yeah, so anybody that's listening to like somebody out there loves you, so take the step, you know, do it. Just, but it's not worth it. You all right? Yeah, just keep him in your prayers, man. I don't know if you have what kind of higher power you believe in, but uh, you know, I will have him in my thoughts, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know sats of 62, that's pretty dangerous. So I don't know that stuff. Yeah. I think they freak out once they hit below 97. Like his, he's only getting 62% oxygen. So, wow, that's no good. Yeah. Well, I, all I can say is I'm going to be thinking about you guys and I hope all goes well. Thank you. Hope so, I hope something happens. Good. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Hang on one second.
Um, we're going to end it here. And I just want to say to everyone watching or listening, please go below and click subscribe and give us a like. Also check out our Facebook group under the events tab there. We have a ton of different meetings we do every day. Also, we have uh, Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Reddit. So you can find a lot of our stuff there. And also check out our redesigned website, addicts-anonymous.com, where you can sign up for our blog. That's all I got for today. And until next time. Okay.